Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. With me is not the blind Bob show. The poor little thing is under the weather. So we're all sending out light and love to her so she can be better and better, if that's possible. Anyways, uh, joining me all the way from across the raging northeastern we have here off our coast is my co-host from Ghost Chronicles International, the Wall Street Journal's ghost standing and ghost hunting from the land of the Red Dragon, Mr. Steve Parsons. Hey, good morning. Welcome hey, to the up? future. I'm dead. Nothing. We haven't got the Nor'easter. We had, we had a lovely sunny day, but thank you very much for Gonzalo. You're welcome. We have no we, appreci- we appreciated it, didn't we? You know, it, it moved things for us over here. Yeah, well, oh, Hey, speaking of which, of over here and over there, just before we came on air, uh, there was a program on Quest, which is one of the Discovery Networks, which uh, I caught most of, luckily, because it was uh, all about... It's called Art or Artifact, and it's about two guys who are archaeologists, and they examine myths both here in the UK and over in the USA. And tonight's myth was a shoe that is reputed to belong have belonged to a Salem witch that had been found in a house in North Andover, Massachusetts. Nice. And seriously. And they 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 travelled around Mass talking to different uh, experts. Uh, but they also went on a couple of side quests, one of which was very, very interesting because they went to a little town in Massachusetts called Westford, and there they visited a museum, and they looked at a stone, and then they... No. Then they went for a drive down the road. Did they see it? <laughs> well, they found it. <laughs> uh, but I guess they must have filmed it some while ago because there was no construction tape and the chains were in place and there was no hunk of wood over the top of it. Well, they knew where they were coming, so they cleaned it all up. Yeah. That... Bath and, you know, put him in his best, best clothes. And For it those was... who don't know what we're talking about, we, of course, are talking about the Westford Night, which Steve and I... Went on our own quest to find, didn't we? We did, and it was a great quest. Um, and it was it was actually, for me, the highlight of the quest was actually not finding the Westwood Knight. Or we rather, did. we did find it, but we kind of didn't. Sort of. We sort of found it the second attempt. Uh, but, sort of found it. Sorry? Sort of found it. Sort of found it. Well, we, we got close. Um, but I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what was also fascinating. came in. Yeah. What was also fascinating is that they uh, went to a town called Indian Orchard. I, I did 
didn't know the Titanic Historical Society was based in Massachusetts either. Um, so uh, they they visited that also too, because there were also there were ghosts associated with the Titanic. Yeah, of course. Uh, both so both both sides of the Atlantic. You know, we have hauntings related to Titanic victims here in the UK, uh-huh. uh, and I believe one of uh, I think there's actually been a proposal in the past to go and investigate the wreck site itself, bizarrely. So that begs the question, can ghosts breathe underwater, I suppose? Well, I already know, because that's in my book, too. What, the ghosts? Ghosts ghosts underwater, yeah. Well, can they breathe underwater? They don't have to breathe the dead. Well, we don't know that the dead, do we? Yeah, we do. We're only speculating that the dead... I talked to one, I talked to one, and he said, I'm dead, where's my head? But mediums would tell you that it's just an afterlife. It's another plane of existence, so maybe they're not no, dead. No, I, 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 I talked to him. I, I, I actually have a recording from the Lizzie Borden house, and it says, uh, uh, we're dead, I've lost my head. So there you go. Well, I, 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 you could have been speaking to a demonic entity, and they don't yeah, tell I you the truth. Because it was on the internet, too. So. Oh, well, there you go. I, I, I stand corrected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, I want to give a big shout-out to our producer for this evening and every evening. She is the fabulous Karina. Yeah, Karina. or Kalo, as I call her. Hello. Yeah, it's because you can't spell. So no. Hello. Oh, she said hello. She's... There we go. Hello, Karina. How's it going? It's going well, as you can probably tell, because you keep us in check. In check. So... Yes. So we, we have a, a job for you. Can you spell EVP? <laughs> EVP? <laughs> you want me to use it in a word? <laughs> yes. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Mm. So, so Karina, you've been, do, you've been producing this show for a little while, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, and, and you think we're crazy, don't you? A little bit, not too much, but y- you're there, almost. <laughs> you, you, that's, <laughs> not, that's that's not, that's not what you say in the run up to the show when we're talking off air. I no, I mean y'all are crazy, but the topics are awesome. Mm-hmm. I would have put it the other way around. <laughs> we're awesome, and the topics are crazy. <laughs> she says we're totally messed. <laughs> no, I say you are. A, y'all are a mess. Y'all are Y'all are mess. Y'all are mess. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> right. Aye. Aye. That's a good thing. <laughs> so, so, Karina, come on. Yes. Uh, now, you, you live, you're, you're out in, way out in Texas, which is uh, about another 50 miles past wrong, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. uh, a you, little bit more. <laughs> do, you, do you, I mean, you've heard all of the shows, and you've heard yes. all the guests talking about their, their ghosts. Do you have ghosts, uh, different types of ghosts in Texas? I mean, because oh. I only really know the famous Alamo. Oh, they, yes. speak, they speak Spanish, that's all. Yes, there are a lot of interesting things that happen, especially in East Texas. If you're not familiar with East Texas, we have a, a little town or a little city called Jefferson. Um, then there's Marshalls, and those used to be big-time plantation um, places. And it's really creepy. If you go downtown Jefferson, you see all the big houses and it's spooky. And they always have a great um, haunted tours and stuff. It's really cool. I've never been. I should since I've lived here forever. But, you know, 
I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> keep it, yeah, keep it as in order. So do you believe in ghosts, Karina? Yes, I believe in paranormal, for sure. Supernatural things. Is that you... based on your own experience? Yes, it is. Yeah, but wait a minute. Now, do you believe I exist? Because you've never, you've never seen me. You've never I, touched me. I know. It's like y'all are like, like I'm your angel and y'all are Charlie. So, you know how that goes. Oh. Or me, no, I'm Charlie because <laughs> y'all are that my angels. <laughs> well, that, that went wrong straight out of the box. Yeah, and, and totally downhill. <laughs> yes, but, but I, I believe in you. <laughs> I have to ask that question because it's been asked in the chat room about uh, has Karina experienced the paranormal? Yes. Yeah, I have. I've had um, some very interesting things that happen, especially when I'm here at work. Really? Yes. Road trip. Road trip. <laughs> it's really Road creepy. Trip. <laughs> especially when it um, becomes dark out and no one is in the building. Ooh. Really? Yeah, it's kind of creepy, but, you know. Oh, they have night in Texas? Huh? What was you that? You have night in Texas? Yes, I have night in Texas. <laughs> I thought with the owl impression, she was going to be... Are you doing it from above uh, oh. the, the floor? You're doing it from the yeah. basement of Hooters. <laughs> uh, whoa, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> don't go there. I did I, once on a trip to Alabama. I'm sure you oh, did. Oh, you went to Hooters. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Empire State Building, <laughs> Ground Zero, Hooters. <laughs> Things to see and do in America. This is true. <laughs> but, but I actually have a serious question for you, Karina. Yes. And, and, and that is, you're in Texas, and Texas is, is noted for the Chupacabra, or whatever the hell it is. Mm -hmm. Chupacabra, whatever it is. Chupacabra. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the thing that's a huge rat. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you ever heard about it? And, and more importantly, have you ever seen one? Um, I heard about it. Well... Yes, I have heard about it, and um, people describe it as a huge rat that came from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one either. <laughs> I got a bit. I'm still recovering from Pukwudgy from last night's show. <laughs> but it's very interesting. But I haven't That's seen any. However, Chupacabra isn't that actually? Uh, doesn't that translate as the goat sucker? The blood sucker. It sucks the, the blood goat, out of No, goats. the goat sucker. Yeah, the goat sucker, because it sucks the blood out of yeah. goats. Well, yeah. the descriptions that we have here in the UK of the Chupacabra, or El Chu, as it said in the Disney movie. Um, What's it called in, in the UK? Uh, Chupacabra. El Chu, or, or as my son calls it, El Chu. Aww. Uh, El Chu. El Chu. But then he, he's a Disney fan, so... Um, the uh, it doesn't it's humanoid with wings and a vampire like face. Oh, that's uh, creepy. Oh, sort of like Anne. <laughs> oh, poor Anne. I hope she's better soon than I don't have to say. Oh, quite so late. She's, she's getting color in her cheeks right now after she, she heard that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> I she will be back next week. Then yeah. I can not, not do late nights anymore. Actually, she's she got a late night tomorrow night though, haven't I? Yeah, you're doing Mahler Brooks's show, uh, stirring the crap or something. Yeah, I'm going even further. I, I should do the Village People song, Go West, uh, because I'm going over to California via Skype to mm -hmm. do Mahler Brooks' show tomorrow night. Oh, wow. At 2 a.m. in the morning UK time. 
I love your time. I love these these time zones. They're great. Yeah, well, get over it. Anyways, um, Karina. Yes. Tojinet. We're on Tojinet, right? Yes. Okay. Do they have any other paranormal shows? Um, no. You, yeah. Y'all are the only ones. For so now. we're like we're like the black sheep in the family, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they just haven't got rid of us yet. That's why. Oh, well, we don't want to get rid of y'all. We love y'all. Oh, it's so sweet. All but- right, enough of the back patting. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> okay. Do we have to say goodbye to Karina? No. Oh, all right. Okay. But it is called Ghost Chronicles International. <laughs> yeah, so, what's your point? Well, it's like a mutual admiration. Hey, speaking about Ghost Chronicles Internet. Yeah. Okay. I saw this play, this place. No, I just... Oh, Overton. You ever hear of it? We should have have Scott on the show because he knows about it. Maybe I will because he's going to be doing Tuesday's show. This is Bridge in Scotland called Overton Bridge. And there's been 40 dogs that jumped off the bridge and killed themselves over the years. What? Have you been looking at Facebook again? No, 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 this is real. This is real. Okay. 40 yeah. dogs have jumped off the bridge? Yeah. Well, what's that got to do with ghosts? Well, that's the thing. They don't know why all these dogs, they, they just, you know, just all of a sudden they just go and they leap right off the bridge. Now, the bridge is like 90 feet off the ground. So let's, you know, they died. There was one dog that actually died, jumped twice. He survived the first time, and uh, I don't know why his owner would ever bring him back, but he did. He jumped over and killed. Maybe, but you're going you're gonna to have to speak to Stephen Scott about that next week. I mean, that I, one's oh, way I, out of my league. We'll, actually, we're back with Puckwudgies and Chubacabra again. I'm going to have him go there and actually see if he can pick up on something with his mediumship. Yeah, just tell him not to take his dog. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad advice. Yeah, they, they they were trying to figure out why this happened, and 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 one of the solutions is goats. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. We have roads here in the UK. There's uh, there you are several. Roads. Oh wow! Well, there are se- there are. S- <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, that's so special. They have yellow ones, don't they? It's the it's the song of Texas in the yellow roads of Texas. We actually have brick ro- roads here. The yellow brick roads of Texas. <laughs> They're red. <laughs> what about that song, The Yellow Roads of Texas? You want to hear it? Go on, then. Yeah, of course we do. <laughs> Go on. I don't know all of it, but there's a yellow rose in Texas I'm going home to see. I miss that little lady, and I'm sure she misses me. Something, something, something. Very something. <laughs> and something... <laughs> There was a lot of something. We'll never be we apart. Whoever wrote that wrote a lot of something, didn't they? <laughs> well, he certainly wrote some. Anyway, to return back to the roads briefly, we have uh, several roads here in the UK that have a notorious haunting attachment because of the sheer number of crashes. Uh, one is just outside the city of Sheffield called the Stocksbridge Bypass, uh, which during the... 1990s, early 2000s, had a terrifying reputation. It had a black figure that apparently uh, caused people... In fact, the black figure apparently attacked a police car, uh, and the police, the two police officers aboard the vehicle at the time actually reported the incident. Their vehicle was uh, shaken and beaten upon by this uh, apparition. 
Uh, and there were around about 50 crashes in quite a short period of time, which was ascribed to the paranormal. However, after some detailed research had been done by the Road Traffic Agency here in the UK, they actually discovered that the, the accidents were more likely due to the fact that at, several, at certain times of the day, at different periods of the year, um, the very low sun was basically blinding the drivers. And uh, these black, this black apparition, this black shape, was actually a result of a sun blindness. You know, when you look towards a bright light and then look away, you'll see like a dark area. Um, and that's what people were reporting. Interesting. So one of the things that they talked about in this, uh, this thing I saw about the bridge of uh, Overton um, is that dogs have actually, their vision is worse than ours. It's a lot worse than ours. Uh, but their smell is like 160,000 better than ours. So I, one of them, that was one of the explosions that they, they just didn't realize what they were jumping off of, which sounded a little crappy to me. And then there was an animal behaviorist who said that they committed suicide, but then they kind of proved that wrong because uh, the part of the brain which would allow them to do that, they don't have that in their, their little brain. So uh, that was turned down. And then uh, they thought uh, because the smell was so great, it was... Uh, maybe minks under the beds, bridge, and they just because their sight was so bad, they jumped to get the minks and and got killed. But then again, there were no uh, minks under the bridge at all, none, no evidence at all. So it went all the way back to the ghost that haunted the mansion at the top of the bridge. So there you go. Maybe it was just something, something as simple as scent. Maybe you know they were. Just chasing the scent of an animal. I don't know how the bridges are lined. I haven't seen it. I, I've never, I've never heard of it till you mentioned it. But it may not have very high parapets, and it might just be that the dumb dogs are chasing the scent and then just jump off the edge. Yeah, that was the, the you know the, like they do in the adverts where the guy throws the ball out of the apartment window and the stupid dog jumps after it. Oh, the Englishman, one or the other. Yeah, well, the, the the dog threw the ball for the Englishman, and the Englishman jumped out of the apartment. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this this theory about dogs is in and seeing ghosts and stuff is is not an old theory. There are there are people that believe that that uh, dogs are actually uh, good ghost hunters. You ever heard of that one, Steve? Well, not you, just not just dogs, um, but but. Uh, all animals and, and in fact we did a, a TV documentary for the, the Japanese in 2007 uh, that was at a haunted lo- uh, haunted hotel down near just outside London and one of the, the key factors um, in the case that, that led the Japanese to the, to the location uh, was that the housekeeper the hotel housekeeper's dog refused to go into the haunted bedroom and so the Japanese were very keen to uh, Try and recreate this. However, they couldn't find a dog. I think they might have all jumped off the local bridge. They all jumped off the local bridge. But what they did, what they did manage to do, was to find a cat. Uh-huh. So what they, what they did is they set up some locked off cameras in the room and they arranged for Kitty to be brought into the building. And Kitty was put into the room. And he And. Uh, out of the people retired to the base room to watch on CCTV to see how Kitty would do and Kitty wandered around the room for a little while then Kitty went into the bathroom uh, crapped on the carpet and then, hit, <laughs> and then disappeared under the bed 
that's, that's a good one, yeah. And went to sleep, which is what well, kids you know, that, do. That's sleep like 18 hours a day. So Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, yeah. So they'd forgotten to provide a litter tray, and the cat was most indignant having been locked in this bedroom. Yeah, I don't blame um, him. But what was interesting is we actually did locate the housekeeper whilst we were there, and we got the original dog brought back. Uh, we really? Yeah, we did. We got the original dog brought you back. Still alive? Uh, well, <laughs> this was only two years after the housekeeper had left, and the dog and the housekeeper were still very much oh, in, okay. the, in the area. So whilst the Japanese well, Japanese crew were away filming uh, a different story at a local church, we actually arranged for the housekeeper to bring Fido uh, up to the hotel, and we put Fido into the room, and Fido was absolutely fine. Oh, I see. And you changed the name to Fido to protect his. Enemy. Yes, because you know you have to Excellent. do these things. It's it's right. ethically important that you do protect the name of Fido and Kitty. Right, because yeah, you, we wouldn't want them to get any, you know, stalkers on Facebook. Exactly. I don't. But you know, it it, it there have been some interesting researches that suggest that animals do respond to the paranormal and. Uh, the, one one British researcher, Rupert Sheldrake, has done numerous experiments that looked at the way that dogs, for example, will will respond to knowing that their owner is coming home. And it's been argued that, well, yes, right. the owner comes home at the same time every day, but they've done it where the owner has come home at, at deliberately yeah. random yeah. times yeah. and the dog has still gone to the doorway. And I'm sure every pet owner has got tales of, uh, you know, Kitty and Fido staring at the ceiling or acting oddly in a manner that suggests that the animal (laughs) in a manner that suggests that the animal is aware of something else. They then why why you bring that point out? Why don't we bring Karina on and let's hear about her? Because here's an actual case study we have right here in our own little hands. Hello. (laughs) Hello. See you back. You thought you're getting away. You will. That ain't happening. (laughs) You post something in on the on the chat room page. In fact, if you want to join us in the chat, you can join us on the Tojina or the Parox chat. Um, so, your cat. What's the story with this, Karina? Don't say the name, Karina. It's ethically. Oh yeah, important. protect your protect your cat. Okay. Um, my cat. She sometimes she will look up in the corner and then look at me and then look back at the corner. But like I've checked the corner of the ceiling, and there's nothing there. And then sometimes she'll meow and jump or she'll meow and run away. And also, but that's in the living room. And then in my bedroom, she doesn't come into my bedroom at night for some reason. Oh. Yes. And I'm so smelling a pat in you. <laughs> kind of creeps me out a little bit because I'm like, come on, you know, jump on my bed or something. But mm-hmm. even when I take her into my room, she'll rush out. So I'm kind of like, okay. I'd move. <laughs> Sell the house, move, I mean, move now. No, I, I would call a Tennessee wreath uh, hunters because they don't just chase ghosts, they capture them. True, true. So. But, I mean, my house has been um, has been saged and everything, so I'm not too Maybe sure. Maybe the cat just doesn't like the smell of sage. Oh, ah. yeah, true. Is there any sage lying around under the bed? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> I want <have> to check. <laughs> You know, my my photographer, when I first started this, had a, a very similar uh, 
problem with his animals as well. He kept staring at the corner of the ceiling and staring, staring. Well, he was noted for his infrared photography. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he set up a camera. Next time the uh, the uh, animal did that, he uh, took a whole slew of pictures. These were regular film pictures mm-hmm. in infrared range. And when he had them developing, you're not going to believe what was there. Oh, no. Do I even want to know? Of course you <laughs> Yes, go ahead. When, when he had them all developed, there was nothing there but the ceiling. Oh, good. Perfect. Isn't it intriguing, though, the, the way that... Because I, I, I know Ron's got a, a cat, a nameless cat, and I've had lots of nameless cats over the years, but they, it's always the corner of the room, isn't it? Yeah. They you never, know, they you, never you, stare at... Just messing with us? I don't know. Well, we used to have one cat that just hated its reflection in the mirror and would attack I, I, I its can reflection. See that. I can see that, but the corner... You but, know, yeah, the corner of the ceiling, corner of the room. Watch, I'll get my, I'll get my, uh, I'll get my owner off the couch off his fat ass and go and check it. <laughs> watch this, watch this. Ah, ah. He's probably posting it on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just before we go to the break, I, I, once, I once had a pet dog. It's the only dog I've ever had, and I was at the top of the stairs one day, and the dog came, was at the bottom. All its heckles were up. It bared its teeth, ran up the stairs, and ran straight past me into the bedroom, barking and growling and something. It spooked it. Really? That's interesting. That was very weird. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about, I don't know how much time we have to do. Karina, how much time we have until break? One minute. Okay, one minute. But, uh, Steve, I, I, you, you have uh, pets at your home you are in now, right? Uh, not currently. Um, well, we, uh, we, we, we kind of do. We kind of do. Again, uh, See, yeah, we Steve, do. Steve has been doing his experiments. He wants to see if uh, uh, animals have souls, so he's been uh, um, euthanizing his animals so that see if they have no, souls. No, uh, yeah, we've got one pet cat at the moment, but he's sort of adopted the neighbors and only comes back to visit. Uh huh, uh huh. That's your story, and you're sticking to it. Okay, yeah. I, Simon the cat. Yeah, so, anyways, we have to take a break, I think. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there we go. There so you I'm, go. The boss has spoken. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles. Uh, I was going to say international. Shame on me. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with no shame in saying it's Ghost Chronicles International with the lovely ba- ba- bald bombshell, <laughs> Mr. Steve Parsons and New England's own Van Helsing. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojinet Pararex Ghost Channel and beyond. Harry Price, I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, 
I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Well, had this been Ghost Chronicles International, I would have said welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles with... New England's very own Van Helsing and not the blonde bombshell who's poorly sick and we send her all our love but I can't because nobody's told me whether I'm supposed to bring in part two of Ghost Chronicles so I'll just shut up and wait for Ron to bring us into part two there you go Right here on Tojanet, Parrax, Ghost Town, Beyond. But I noticed uh, we were talking about animals and the paranormal, and uh, and uh, I noticed Michelle. Hey, Michelle from Texas. Uh, she had her own experience, too. Did you uh, see that in the chat, Mr. Yeah, I, I did. I, but the chat's going really quickly at the moment. That, that one, um, And somebody wants us to say Puckwudgies ten times fast. There you go. I've right. said it. Ready? One? No, two, I've said it. Puckwudgies. Oh, they said no, it says, say Pugwudgies ten times fast. So, Pugwudgies ten times fast. That's that's very clever, Mr. Parsons. That's why you lost your empire. Uh, no, yeah, that's, speak- why I'm a, that's why I'm a scientist. Yeah, speaking of that, I, I, I've been watching these uh, blue-faced uh, Scotsmen beat the crap out of your uh, royal... Oh, have you been watching Bra- Braveheart? Braveheart again, yeah. Yeah, that film is so historically accurate, it's incredible. I'm sure it is, yeah. The Battle of Stirling Bridge, where they forgot to put the bridge in it. Oh, we lost we lost uh, her comments, huh? Who? Michelle's comments. Uh, is that the Michelle from Tennessee, not Texas? Yeah. Te- yes, uh, Tennessee. Did I say Texas? Yeah. 
Well, I say a lot of things, but nobody believes me anyway. No one even no. listens to me. Her parents' dog hardly ever barks, but at night she stands at the right-hand side corner of the backyard fence and barks facing a small cemetery. It's a family plot, and there is a marker that says, here lies the body of 27 unnamed Union soldiers. Ooh. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a great one from Michelle. Yeah, you say, it does reflect what people do say about their um, family pets. And, of course, there are hundreds and hundreds of photographs on circulating around the, say, the paranormal web of dogs and cats seemingly interacting with orbs as well. Hey, mm-hmm. do you know, cats, cats chase balls and laser beams, and mm-hmm. do you think they're actually chasing orbs? Well, that's the thing. You know, I, I was go- actually going to comment on this because... Uh, I was uh, hoping you wouldn't, but there you go. It be, you know, because dogs dogs have actually poor vision, and their smell is what really carries them. That's why they yeah use, they stink. Yeah, no, in the wet smell. They smell of wet dog. Ugh. Oh no, no, no! They can they can find things. Uh, oh. That's why they use it for drugs and corpses and and bombs and stuff like that. Uh, and cats are, are the opposite. Their 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 vision is is so much better than ours. Uh, so. What would be the better ghost hunter, the smeller or the looker? We don't know the answer to that, do we? Because so what's we, interesting we do, is... I think Parascience should do uh, some serious research on this. You could probably get what a grant, it, grant for it. I'm sure they have silly money for other silly stuff you do. <laughs> I wish. A dollar a day. Um, actually, it's interesting because the most commonly reported uh, paranormal experience is not the visual sighting of an apparition. No. It isn't. It's actually... Oh, uh, it's No, it's either... Uh, I'm talking about subjective personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might get this the wrong way around. I don't have the reference material directly to hand. But oh. it, isn't, it isn't the sighting of an apparition. It's the smelling of a familiar smell or the hearing of a sound. Uh, but I think it's smell is next. I think smell is the top one. Oh, uh, in terms of human experience, and, and you know, I, I've I've run into that. I mean, that's one of the things people say. Uh, I remember I was doing this uh, TV show. Uh, what the heck was it? I can't even remember. But uh, Jeff Belanger was on it, and um, who else was it? And Maureen and myself, and and the 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 moder- moderator or whatever she was. She didn't believe in any of this, and then she, she was listening to all this stuff that we were saying. And then she says, you know, I, I always smell my grandmother's perfume, uh, and, and I always feel that she's <laughs> – and she said, and I, and I just can't believe I just said that. <laughs> so, yes, odor uh, is is definitely associated with uh, the paranormal. And we, we forget. You made a very good point there, Mr. Parsons. I, I, you know, sound, sound and, and odor are, are, are things that actually trigger – uh, really powerful responses inside the human. I mean, you think of when you listen to music. Uh, most couples, most people have a, you know, uh, married couples, uh, mm-hmm. people in relationship. There is they have their song, which evokes great emotions um, right. and memories. And smells do that too. People will right. they they might not remember a grandparent very well. The grandparent might have passed when they were very young or uh-huh. or even you know but there is a smell, a smell of tobacco, a smell of a perfume that triggers a very strong memory response of that person or of that situation of, of a circumstance. 
Um, so it's it's not surprising that, that they are actually the more paranormal experiences and apparitions are actually some way down the list. Huh. We don't have our own song, do we, Steve? Uh, people are strange. Uh, I don't look good naked anymore. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's on my Facebook page. You want to check it out? And we always used to use. Uh, I, I've always said that the one. If I if if we were ever to have a theme tune for a radio show, it should really be the Doors song. People are strange. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, uh, last uh, Tuesday, which was yesterday, um, Jim Stone here and I. No, it was for you. Yeah, it was two days ago for me. Well, whatever. Anyways, um, you're strange in UK. Anyways, we all know that. So, anyways, we had my paranormal study group, right? And we, this when we dealt with the Tesla radio, radio radio that we made at first Spirit Quest, along with our, our ride eye eye diodes, and also the stereo ride eye diode that you brought from uh, the UK for us. And uh-huh. we had some interesting results. First, we uh, used the the radio, and uh, we heard a voice that said, we recorded a voice that said, um, he blessed us, which is interesting because I always bless my equipment um, when I get it. And also, so after that, uh, we did a regular EVP session using the DR-60, and uh, somebody asked, I think it was Pat, uh, who you met at Spirit Quest, are you the spirit that tried to come through on the Rido, Rido, uh, the Tesla radio? And <laughs> yes. And then uh, we did a third one. We used the the Rido diode, and uh, Jim asked, uh, "Can you tell us your name?" And it said, uh, "This is Matthew." So it was kind of neat. Three different uh, methods and three different. Direct answers to questions, so it was kind of cool. It, I thought, anyways, it's 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 cool to experiment. Um, it would have been even cooler, of course, if if one of the answers had corroborated an earlier one. But you know, that's that's always the holy grail, isn't it? I remember the pieces of equipment. Well, it did, didn't it? Um, well, we kind of, kind of, yeah. Said yes. Yeah. So. I mean, I was, I, I remember the devices. I remember um, the, the the amount of work that had been put into the Tesla radio uh, mm-hmm. by by a combined effort from the North the New England uh, Ghost Project team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I got back, actually, because Jim had very graciously given me a, a hack shack to bring back with me to the UK. Ooh, you have a, which, a fabulous hack shack. Yeah. Mm. And it inspired me to go out and get the, uh, what's it called, this device? It's sitting on the floor next to me. The PSB7 ITC research device, which I think is the next generation shack hack, um, to have a have a go a little bit more, you know, sort of... Uh, personal hands-on time with one of these devices i used to i used to i was fortunate for uh, a couple of years i did actually have one of frank sumption's original frank's boxes and uh, it was fast 12 or something uh, I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, I I, I was very fortunate. Uh, It's gone back now uh, back to the u.s. But uh, frank died you know that Yes, I do. Um, so you held on it long enough, you would have kept it. <laughs> it. No, it was after he died, he asked for it back via the uh, box. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, did, he, <clears throat> did, he, did he communicate to Cal Cooper? <laughs> what, on the telephone? 
Yeah. Did he get telephone that Cal? Uh, no. Can you tell Steve to return my uh, ghost box, please? Give it back. But but it is interesting. What what one thing that does come come uh, across very very clearly when you're using these devices in any form of particularly a public event or indeed you know any investigation circumstance we we've always nicknamed them the uh, the crack cocaine of ghost hunting because i've watched you know people who are who say that they're really skeptical and really hardline disbelievers fall under the spell of these robotic weird voices mm-hmm. and uh, they are like very very addictive you know, they are the. I remember a time only four or five years ago when the the most wanted item of equipment had to be your EV, EMF meter. Every group had to measure EMF, the cell sensors and the the K2. Dr. Gauss and the K two. Well, that came that, that that's a sort of crossover device when they started into the the commu- direct communication instead of just measuring ghosts with the ghost detecting EMF meters. Well, but now they've always know, had it. They just found another use for it. That's yeah, all. yeah. But now it's very, very much. Um, every investigative team now has to do EVPs. Um, yes. What's what's interesting is, and you know, we had we had a very interesting guest last night. We were talking about puckwudgies, but the the uh, the page also had a great many EVPs, uh, as do many paranormal groups. And you know, having a trawl through them um, before we went on air and, and afterwards, every single one of them, like so many others, um, always have a little box out beforehand that tells you what to hear. And I think you remember, uh, whilst I was over there, what one illustrative talk I did uh, yes, explained the, the, the importance of telling somebody what they're about to hear can, Absolutely. can dramatically alter what they actually do hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you've got to bear that in mind with EVP. So I want, I want to ask you something, Steve, because you're, you're a little more skeptical than I am. You're a little more hardliner than I am. And, um, what makes people uh, go into so much of this equipment? Is it is it the need to believe? Is it, is that what it is that they want? They believe and they they just need some validation, and they'll use anything and everything to be validated. Is is, is that what it is? I I think it's because it's a need to want to join in and to to participate because mediums of course have got a direct line to the spirit world and ordinary lay yeah ordinary lay investigators the, the sort of general ghost hunter doesn't have that and there have there has always been a desire for direct communication we, we think of the oracles the the ouija boards uh seances table tipping Scrying. people of scrying people have always craved this direct communication with spirits and i think what we've done now is we've just married 21st century technology and these ideas that came right through the 20th century that electricity was a was a little bit magical physics talked about ether and uh, these these strange magical magical electric things I mean, electricity didn't really exist much before the 20th century in terms of a useful commodity and certainly it wasn't something that most people were familiar with you know crowds gathered round the first electric light bulbs uh, right. which were you know just at the end of the 19th century and electricity still does have that magical mystery as does magnetism and if you combine those mysterious forces 
into a way that possibly can communicate or be used by another mysterious force mm -hmm. or a mysterious entity. And if you look through the history of ghost hunting, the use of technology really, and the link between this magnetic, this electromagnetic ether and the paranormal realm starts with the commercialization of electricity. Right. But even, even you know, the greatest ghost hunter of all time, Harry Price, uh, employed electrical devices in Absolutely. his investigations. Not, for, not, not as uh, digital dousing, not, not as electrical dousing techniques. He, he well, maybe he just hadn't got to it because he employed regular, regular dousing techniques. Um, he, yes, employed he, seance. he employed seance techniques, for sure. He employed seance techniques. He didn't yes. use dousing. Uh, but he did the or didn't he do the Ouija board? Well, that's what I said. He, he used spiritualist and seance techniques. He didn't use dowsing directly. Um, but Harry, Harry Price, and other investigators, including myself, use equipment selectively and to measure things. People say the temperature in the room dropped, then it should be measurable. Mm -hmm. If people say that, um, you know, something takes place that a sound is heard, then it should be recordable. Way back in the 1890s, um, I had a house in Scotland that was investigated by the Society for Psychical Research. One of the most commonly reported phenomena, we go back again, wasn't the apparitions. It was these booming sounds, these cannonades of sounds that were heard throughout the building. And they, they thought, well, you know, what can we do? We, we've all heard it. So they arranged for a seismograph to be taken up to see if it was a, a vibration coming from, mm -hmm. you know, through the building, from geology. They also arranged for uh, a phonograph mm -hmm. to be taken and to make recordings of the sound so that they could be, they could be you know, listened to and analysed, um, you know, at a later date. So that's where technology does does give us uh, an advantage and does give us some some opportunities to consider the evidence better. Mm -hmm. But these ideas of... I, I, there was one uh, I dismantled a couple of weeks ago, um, not long after I got back from the States, uh, which was an electromagnetic vortex, which was selling for about £35. It was a neat little black box with a sticker of a ghost on it. Oh, cool. Uh, and you inserted a PP3, and it generated a spinning, rotating electromagnetic field out to a range of about three foot that you could detect. Well, I wouldn't waste your money, because when I opened it up, it was a little tiny electric motor, and on the end of the electric motor was attached a plastic uh, arm, and at each end of the plastic arm was a small was a small magnet mm. so the magnets rotated of course which generated a rotating magnetic field which exactly. which apparently aided the ghosts in managing i love that that's great so 35 dollars yeah well if karina's still with us are you still with us karina okay. yes i am Okay, she has I have to be just the producer. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes she could be uh, no, a little bit too heavy into the wine and fell asleep on the desk or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I can't have wine here. <laughs> what? What kind of business is that? I it's know. Only ten, it's only it's only ten to eight in the evening. She can't be that. <laughs> it's not New England. <laughs> So, anyways, I actually have a question for you, and I'm going to put this out to the other people in the chat rooms as well, the Pararex chat room, the Tojinet chat room. Mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts on the Ouija board? And we'll start with you, Karina, and, and we'd like to hear from everybody else in the chat rooms as well what their thoughts are of the Ouija board. Well, 
I've always wanted to play it, but then I kind of researched and I had some people tell me that it's probably not a great idea, <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting. I, I don't know, just like things like that, Just I'm just fascinated with it and I'm probably too chicken to even play <laughs> it, but or whatever. We'll fix that when we go down there, won't we, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, road trip. (laughs) As long as it's not at my house. However, I do know that things can follow you home. So not She knows that too. (laughs) Your reputation. Yeah, your reputation precedes you, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Steve. I I like that myself. So where did you get all this valuable information? Um, Well, I am actually... um, I have friends that are actually, they have an East Texas paranormal group. Get out of here. Yes. (laughs) And um, one of my good friends, she's really cool. She started it up and um, I just got a lot of information from her and other um, people because I was just interested and she um, educated me on it. So So I think we ought to have this person on the show, don't you, Steve? I think we must. That would yeah. be cool. She would love it. Oh yeah. Well, you you uh, you get me her contact information, and I'll check with the schedule and see. Uh, she'll be on one of the shows, and uh, we'll definitely have her on. Definitely, definitely, that'd be awesome. She would yeah, love we've, that. We, it would be nice to to go out out west. <laughs> oh, I've been out there before. I mean, what on the, on the regular show, this show here that you're not on, we do that a lot. We've been to Hawaii hunting ghosts and Florida and Texas and. Minnesota and all kinds of weird places. But anyways, um, the why I brought that up is, is that uh, originally the Ouija board was used by families. It was just a game. Nobody ever really thought too much about it. And then when The Exorcist came out, uh, it got a little hairy and everybody kind of hated it. And, uh, and the others. That, and the others. But it was originally... That was a cool film, though. Yes, it was. It, re- it really was. But anyways... Uh, this past Saturday, we did um, spectral evidence in uh, Salem. It's the 11th year we done it, and it's it's so interesting because the first year I did it, uh, there were if I asked that question, who thinks the Ouija board is evil? There was probably about uh, 90% of the audience that would put up their hands and say it was. Uh, however. Uh, so over the years, it has dissipated and dissipated. And, and you know, when I, when I do it now, it, it, you barely get maybe 30% that think it's evil. Um, but that being said, now we have a new movie coming out called The Ouija Board. And guess what? Uh, I will guarantee next year, if I do spectral evidence again, uh, that number will go right up to the top again. Because we have a, here we have an evil, evil Board, according to the movie. Uh, do you know, I'm, I'm going to contradict you. I'm going to say that the number of people in the ghost hunting and para research community using the Ouija board will double as soon as that movie comes out. No, not, not in the US. Uh, I, yeah, that, that surprises me because over in the US, you can buy a Ouija board in Toys R Us and more people, as I discovered when I was over there and, and talking to you, more people over there are are scared of the Ouija board. Yet here in the UK, we're not allowed to buy it in Toys R Us, and yet we're quite we're quite okay with using it. How bizarre is that? I always wondered why it was at Toys R Us. <laughs> how bizarre! How bizarre! What do you mean? Wait a minute. Evidently, Karina, you have never seen my Bobby Ouija board. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> 
going to read you here from Ouija, the most dangerous, a book called Ouija, the most dangerous game. Why you should never use the Ouija board. No one, regardless of age, should experiment with the Ouija if they are using mind-altering drugs, legal or otherwise. This includes alcohol or marijuana, just as much as cocaine, marijuana, (laughs) cocaine, LSD and heroin. Because drugs are catalysts for negative spirits. Yeah, you can hallucinate as well. So, <laughs> if the, and then if a negative after using the Ouija board, your body will be depleted and struggling to re-establish its healthy inner balance. All uh-huh. fundamentalist Christians or people who believe in the existence of Satan should obviously avoid the Ouija board. These beliefs almost guarantee a negative experience, despite their conscious intentions. There you go. There you go. And that's from a book called Ouija, the Most Dangerous Game. Wow, that's creepy. So, anyways, as I mentioned, I had a Bobby one before, which actually comes in a nice pink carrying case. It's got a carrying strap, and it comes with little cards, too, that you can actually ask the Ouija board. But, you know, Parker Brothers and Hasbro have always said, oh, it's just a game, it's just a game. Well... Uh, this year they came out with the new sexy Ouija board, and it's really cool. It has a UV light and everything else. In fact, I gave Steve one as a as a present. And uh, but guess what? When you uh, open the box, this is what it has in the inside. What cigarettes will you unlock? Okay, so that sounds pretty innocent enough. And then it comes with the disclaimers. Never use the Ouija board. If you think it's just a game, this is after years of saying it's just a game. Never use the Ouija board alone. Never use the Ouija board in a cemetery. Never leave the planchette on the Ouija board when you aren't using it. Well, because it'll catch fire. Never forget to say goodbye to the Ouija spirits. So there you go. So they've changed totally. So from pushing it, it was just a game to everything else. Yeah, but actually, interestingly, the only reason it was ever put down as a game was to get... Uh, it was a, it was a, an IRS uh, revenue tax dodge because if they could register it as a game, they wouldn't pay as much ta- uh, tax revenue on it, on the on the device. True, true, true. Anyways, that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead's here. I don't know if it's one of those dogs that jumped off the bridge or not, but... Uh, Hopefully not. Yeah, who is Pete from the Dead? We introduce. He comes in. At, he rings pizza, the doorbell. Pizza. Every, oh, I thought it was Pete from the Dead. Pizza. Dead Pete. Pizza. You don't know my accent. That's all. Yeah. Okay. I should do by now. Yeah, you do. So, anyways, you're you're going over for Halloween. You're going to Haunted Wexford, which is so exciting. I am. So looking forward to it. However, we have a fly in the soup, don't we, for next week, because we were planning originally to do next week's Ghost Chronicles yeah. live from Ireland. But because you Americans insist on changing to daylight saving and back again a week after the rest of the world, the five yeah. hours time difference is cut to four, which means I'll still be on the boat. Aye, but we'll be fine. We'll have Stephen Scott. Uh, yeah. you'll, have a, you'll have a better we'll have co-host Scotsman, anyway. We'll have our Scotsman and he'll, uh, he'll take it to you. So. Well, you can, you can ask him why all the Scottish dogs jump off bridges. I will. I'm, I'm actually going to let him do some research in this. I'm sure in his uh, spiritualist circle he'll probably well, some answers. Can I, just inter- can I just interject with something paranormal? Oh, whilst, we've been sit- whilst we've been sitting here, my keyboard, which is... Uh, Bluetooth to the computer has managed to type a series of dots and symbols all by itself into the chat room box. 
Get out of here. Yeah, seriously. I think the cable must be... The cable from the headphones might have snagged it when it turned around, but... Uh, seriously? Weird. I could hit send and show you what it just said. Oh, please don't. Send it. So th this is... First, this is... We're going to send this out. You're going to send it out? Yeah, just, just hit the send we're, button. Huh? We're in the chat room. We're waiting for this message from beyond. And uh, any minute now. Any second now. I know. What the hell is it? I'm just going to click sign. All right, there you go. That's what it sent. We're ending. <laughs> uh oh, we got to say goodbye. We're going to say just goodbye. in time. It's there. Good night. God bless. That's what it that says. Good night. God says. bless. Good night. God bless. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.